Acts 14, verses 21 to 28. This is entitled, The Return to Antioch in Syria. They preached the good news in Derby and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and, with prayer and fasting, committed them to the Lord, in whom they had put their trust. After going through Pisidia, they came into Pamphylia, and when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. From Italia, they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened up the door of faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed there a long time with the disciples. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, lovely people. And it is lovely to be with you once again. Now, before we go any further, shall we pray? Father God, we give thanks for this day and we give thanks for your word and we give thanks for the freedom to hear your word read aloud and we ask now that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit where we are that we may hear your word respond to your call listen to the things that you want us to hear and act in the way that you want us to act in the name of Jesus your son we pray Amen have you ever wondered what it would be like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension? Have you? Not my words. Those are the words of the very first Doctor, William Hartnell, in Doctor Who, in the very first episode of that series, way back in 1963, when the sets were flimsy and it was filmed in black and white. Now, I am a massive Doctor Who fan. I'm a fan of the new series and the old series and I love looking at this particular episode and I always thought that that line given in that first episode was really cool. However, there was a problem with it. Not being much of a science person, I never quite fully understood it. What on earth is this fourth dimension that the Doctor talks about? Now, I have learnt subsequently that basically what the doctor was saying was, do you fancy being a time traveller? And I guess if you could be a time traveller, where in history would you go to? Now, that is a question, not just for the sci-fi fans, but for the ages. Something perhaps each and every one of us has been asked at some point in our lives and something that perhaps each and every one of us has thought about in our lives as well. If we could travel anywhere in time and history, where would we go to? Now, I have given this a lot of thought over the years, and I think I've come to the conclusion that if I could go anywhere in history, I would go to Wales in 1905. The most glamorous location, it has to be said, especially when we're given the options of all of history. But that is where I would like to go. And I would like to go for 
two reasons. Firstly, I would like to watch the rugby in Cardiff when Wales played the All Blacks for the very first time and beat them. Not something that's happened in my lifetime. And I would like to go and see what Wales looked like in that year as the nation was gripped with revival. Numbers and numbers and thousands of people came to faith in that time. And that revival is famous throughout the world, even today. I would love to have seen and observed what it looked like. But that's me. What about you? Where would you like to go? Now, we're in church. So maybe let's make this question a little bit more niche for a church audience. If you go anywhere in the context of the Bible, any of the events that we see in scripture, where would you go then? Would you go to the Last Supper to see Jesus given that meal? Would you go to the resurrection to see the joy and celebration as Jesus rose from the grave, defeating sin and death once and for all? Would you go to the crucifixion to watch the love and the power of God on display there? Would you see the miracles that Jesus did, turning water into wine or feeding the 5,000? One of the healings perhaps, or even the Sermon on the Mount? What about other events in the New Testament as well? Some of the things that we've talked about in our Acts series so far. The day of Pentecost, the healings in the name of Jesus. Other brilliant things that happened. Would you want to see those? Maybe you'd like to take a little bit of a trip to the Old Testament to see some of the things that happened there. Noah on the ark, though from a distance because it was raining. Or maybe even David slaying Goliath. Where would you go to? Now, here's the thing. If I did have a TARDIS, a time machine of any kind, and I could say to any of us, where in the context of history or the Bible would you like to go? I would imagine very few, if any, would choose to go to the events in the reading that we hear today. The events of Acts 14, 21 to 28. And I guess it would be that way because on the surface at least, it looks like very little actually happens. It's great, as all scripture is great. All scripture is God-breathed. But as we've thought about already, there are other exciting things going on in the Bible. In the context of this reading, the apostles are returning to places where they had preached before. They've gone there to continue to preach, to strengthen the disciples, to tell of tribulations that are on their way, something for them to look forward to, and to strengthen the church by appointing elders in that place. They were basically warning them, encouraging them, and doing a bit of admin. And as I say, it's great because all scripture is God-breathed, but there are other more inspiring events going on. But that's on the surface. Underneath the surface, something very exciting is in fact happening. And that excitement goes with the appointment of elders. 
because what we see in that happening is the church moving from being a sect if you will of Judaism a free-for-all mission movement into something more formally structured the apostles pointed elders in the town they did so in a way of replicating the synagogue system that they knew very well which had elders as well they were putting structure to the church and they did so for a very good reason and that was to make sure that the church would continue to grow and flourish there was a recognition through the power of God's spirit that preaching was brilliant doing this mission work was brilliant blessing people was brilliant encouraging people was brilliant but the people needed something more they needed to go to the next step and to get to the next step they needed to be organized they needed to have structure now I know as we say it out loud that kind of sounds a bit silly surely the free-for-all is the best way to go blessing people where they are and more stories of the same do we really need to see put structure in place after all a lot of us who have belonged to structures and organizations and be it in the church or outside the church complain about those structures structures sometimes feel like the opposite of creativity structures feel like they're in place to put us down not lift us up structures often feel like they can prevent the work of God not help them but that never should have been the case and it should never be the case and even today we have structures in place following these biblical principles which we see here today in order for us to grow and flourish and do the work of God basically what I'm saying is admin and structures are really really important they are the base from which good work of God comes from they are put in place by God through the power of his spirit to help the kingdom grow structure is a really important thing now let me give you a secular example a good few years ago my mates and I were hanging out in the part of Merthyr where we used to hang out and there was another group of guys who hang out in another part of Merthyr all of us kind of knew each other and we all would have a bit of a laugh together but one day one of their guys said to our guys do you guys fancy a game of football we said yes let's get it on now we were a bit worried about this because those guys had some really good footballers and they missed I'm pretty sure a few of them had trials for English clubs and all of that kind of thing but nevertheless we thought let's have a laugh and let's take our chances now as the day of the game approached it turned out that both sides started to take it seriously clipboards were coming out team sheets were being organized and though we pretty much stopped short of wearing blazers to the pitch on that day is speculated that somebody went down at 11 o'clock to stick a key in the ground to check if it was good to play on and it happened we had the match me and my mates lined up on one side they lined up on the other side we were anxious about what it would look like but by half time it turned out 
that we had nothing to be worried about. We were in the lead 10-0. We looked at the other side and they were getting really cross with each other, screaming and shouting and going, why on earth are we this going wrong? How on earth are we losing to those guys? And then we discovered what the problem was. Whereas we had a guy in our team who knew a bit about football, he organised us as a team. He gave us the classic goalkeeper 4-4-2 formation and from there we went. The other team, they had more of a goalkeeper 11 formation. Every one of them wanted to be a striker. Every one of them wanted to score a goal. And as talented and as good as they were, that lack of structure meant that they could go nowhere. And it's the same in the church as well. If we don't have organisation, if we don't have structure, and if we don't have respect for people in authority and positions, we go nowhere. Throughout the scriptures and the New Testament, we see just how important structure is to the church. And it is actually the same today. Structure is really important and we need to have it. Yes, everyone is gifted. Yes, everyone brings their skills to play, but everyone has the position that they play as well. And there are people who are in authority, who need to be respected, who need to be prayed for, who need to be loved and nurtured. There are people who we need to listen to as well. Sometimes they wind us up. Sometimes they say things that we don't agree with. Sometimes our heart's desire is to challenge that authority. But as we see from the teachings of the New Testament, that isn't the way that we should go. We should love, respect and pray for those in authority and pray for those especially who are in these eldership type positions, the positions that the apostles appointed. Structure is really important. And this reading is such a pivotal one. It is pivotal because we see why it is important. The apostles recognised the importance of structure and they put them into place. And it didn't stop the work of God from happening. It didn't stop the kingdom growing. In fact, it enhanced it. And from these structures that were in place, the kingdom of God continued to grow. The church continued to be blessed. More and more people were continually added to the number more and more people came to believe in the Lord. And that can happen through our structures as well. The Lord can work through the church. The Lord will work through the church. The Lord will not work in despite of the church or its structures. The Lord will work because of the structures that are in place. And if we give all to the Lord, if we follow his teachings, if we follow his example, and if we follow the things that are laid down in scripture, and we seek earnestly for his kingdom to grow, the Lord will bless us, and we will see the fruits of that labor. And I know for me, my heart's desire is that the Lord would move in a powerful way in our land of Wales today, that the Lord would move in the structures of the church in Wales, that the Lord would move in the structures of St. David's Diocese, of the LMA of Aberystwyth, and everything in between and beyond, the Lord would move. 
my heart's desire is to not need a time travel machine to see anything other than the rugby because the nation will be gripped in revival again. The Lord can move through our structures. Let us pray for those in authority today and let us follow the example of those first apostles. May the Lord move among us this day we pray. Amen. Many years ago, when I was discerning if ordination was something that the Lord was calling me to, I was encouraged on many occasions to tell my story of faith. If I was visiting a church, I was encouraged to tell my story there. If I was going to a church interview, I was encouraged to tell my story there. If I was to meet somebody in an important leadership position, an elder like the bishop, I was encouraged to tell my story there. I told my story so often and so many times that I had the script pretty much down to a T and it was there in my head ready to reel off at any moment's notice. They rehearsed ready to give at the drop of a hat and I was kind of proud of this fact that I could reel off an answer to these questions I was receiving at any time. I could tell the story of how God brought me to that point. The story of how God had been at work in my life in the past. I could tell it and people listened to it. But when I look back, I think that my pride was somewhat misplaced. Though it was important to tell that story, I was so obsessed with telling the story and looking to the past, I was missing out what God was doing at the present. And that in itself never got in. I'll give you an example. Around about this time, I was suffering with a horrific bout of sinusitis. It was so bad that I went to see the GP and the GP was reluctant to treat it medically. I just had to ride it out, which could take a very long time. It was quite literally doing my head in. It was getting in the way of my concentration for work, stopping me doing the fun things that I wanted to do, like kick a football with my mates. It was stopping me from even watching TV, something I really loved. It was winding me up a treat. And then one day, some friends of mine prayed with me and the sinusitis just went. I was healed. But did this story make it into the wider story? As I was having these chats with bishops, speaking to churches and having interviews? Of course it didn't. I was so obsessed with looking at what God had done in the past in my life that I was missing out on the good things that God was doing. And I was missing out on the effect and the power of continual testimony. When we look at the reading today, the apostles returned to places where they'd been before. And one of those places that they returned to was Antioch, a place that is significant in the book of Acts, a place that we have heard about already, a place where the apostles went, preached and encouraged the new Christians that were there, a place where they told the stories of God at work. And here they were returning to that place. And as they returned there, we are told that once again, they told stories 
of God at work and how the Lord had been at work in their ministry and what he was doing throughout the church which was spread amongst the nations. And as they went there, they too could have pulled out the old stories. They could have told the story of Paul's conversion or the healing that was seen. They could have told the old stories that these guys have heard before. And no doubt the guys in Antioch would have been pleased to hear them as well. It would have been like an old rock band playing out the classics. These are great things that you want to hear. But they didn't. They went and they told new stories. They went and they told stories of what God was doing in the present. Right there, right then. Stories which hadn't been heard before. Though they could have dined out on the old material, they didn't. They introduced new stuff. Now, as we make this journey through the book of Acts, we really do realise, and we've spoken about it before, about how important testimony is. How important telling stories of God at work is. And that is a theme that continues not just in the book of Acts, but throughout the rest of the New Testament. When we see the church continue to take its structure, the power of testimony is central to what happens. It is instructed in other places that testimony should form part of a church service. And I think it's fair to say that somewhere along the line, that is something that the church has tended to forget. We focused on other things and maybe forgotten testimony. And for us as an LMA, as we look back over the book of Acts, as we reconsider what it is to be an Acts church today, we are also rediscovering the power of testimony and telling stories of God at work. And in these last few weeks and months, we have been blessed with so many stories of God at work. So many incredible stories of the good things that God is doing. And if you want to read more about them, please sign up for our news sheet because you will see them at work. And it is brilliant. However, there is also a danger. And the danger is we will do it for a period. The danger is we will do it for so long and then the stories will dry up. The danger is that we will forget it when we forget the book of Acts or we are not reminded of it. The danger is that we will dine out on the good stories of the things that God are doing, that those things become the past and we stop to look for what God is doing in the present. The events of Antioch in this context remind us that we need to continually look for the Lord at work in new ways every day. To recognise the Lord at work every day. To recognise the good things that God is doing, not just on a given day or week, but every day and week. To see the Lord truly at work continually. To not look to the past, not look to the glory days, but to see now as the glory days as well. To encourage each other with stories of God at work and be blessed by stories of God at work, to give new stories of God at work. How amazing would it be if each week we had new stories of good things that God was doing in our lives and the lives of those around us and in the life of our church. 
how good would it be to hear new things and good things and my heartfelt prayer for us as an LMA today is that we will continue to have these stories and my heartfelt prayer for us as we go into this new week is that by this time next week we also would have stories that we can share that we would follow in the example of the apostles at Antioch my prayer today is the Lord would bless us abundantly as we go into a new week and he would do marvellous things through us and so today just as we finish I want to pray I want to pray that prayer so let us pray Father God we give thanks for the journey the apostles went on we give thanks for the stories they had to tell we give thanks for the old stories that they told and we give thanks for the new stories as well and in the same way we give thanks for the old stories of you at work in our lives and the things that you have done in our past and we give thanks that they are still relevant today but we also pray Lord that you would give us new stories as well and as we go into this day as we go into this week we pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit that we may hear new stories of you at work we pray that as we go into this week we would have testimonies to share we pray that as we go into this week we would see you at work in marvelous and wonderful ways and we pray that in our LMA we would build a culture of testimony Lord we pray that you would fill us with your spirit today bless us in the name of Jesus for in his name we pray Amen